Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers, smart speakers, or subscribe with your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. This is gotomeeting.com slash tips. Okay, uh, interesting show for you guys today. We talk about the Callender Miller situation from over the weekend, and we also talk, uh, like, somehow we got into politics for the first time ever on this podcast. We just did. That's it. So uh, uh, maybe one of the more heavy episodes of Blue Shirts Breakaway for the first 50 minutes. But then we have our good friends from Blue Shirts Banter on and have a little fun. You know, the five-star questions were also uh, very enjoyable this week. So uh, if, this, if this is too heavy an episode for those times, I understand. I'm so sorry. But for the most part, I think it was uh, we covered a lot of great topics, just had some good discussion. And we'll be back next week with some weird, wacky stuff as we always do. So uh, without further ado, here's Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. and Greg... There is still no hockey, and it, wow, what a wonderful weekend! How are you, my friend? And also, say I one. still don't. I still don't know how people listen to this podcast on anything more than even one point two. I feel like you would come off as psychotic. I, I I have to be honest with you. One day I did listen to one of our episodes at one point five, just because I hate myself. And uh, well, you you really <laughs> do, Ryan. It's a true experience. Uh, it's definitely uh, something that not anybody with um, if you've drank coffee, you shouldn't do it. Let's put hey, it that uh, way. It makes you sweat. Speaking of things that speaking of things that happened this weekend, did mm. you watch any of WrestleMania? No, I didn't. You need, you need to. Is it really you that good? Absolutely need to. It. They're only watched you if you come away and you only watch two matches. I need to and watch the AJ the, match and the Cena match, right? You need to watch the Boneyard match and you need to watch the Firefly Firefly Funhouse match. Okay. Because they're really, they're really just. Well, the Boneyard match is like an '80s action movie on crack. And it's incredible. And then the Firefly Firefly Funhouse match. Fuck me, is that hard to say? <laughs> Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, that, that match is basically an odd ode to ode. John Cena. Interesting. It's pretty great. It it's basically recapping John Cena's entire career in the WWE while also taking a look back at what has been just an odd, odd 25. 30 years for the company as a whole it's less a wrestling match and more i don't know it, it one one's an action movie and one's a like dramatic thriller hmm. kind of okay if i can find them I'll, if someone send them to me dm dm me the links and i'll, I'll watch them i have i have a wwe network account oh just used. okay maybe we'll do that that might be easier <laughs> <laughs> uh wwe don't listen to that by yeah, the way sh- i don't have anything that i don't definitely share with like seven other people what yeah, are you talking about we're totally fine yeah come on yeah 
don't, totally, totally hey, don't narc us, by the way. Don't tweet at WWE either, you assholes. All yeah. right. Narc Twitter's the worst Twitter. Uh, well, you know, Twitter's been great to me this weekend. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's might as well. I think so. Um, on Friday, uh, I uh, got some terrible news from my job. We'll start there. Uh, I may or may not be getting laid off in five weeks. If that's the case, I will see you later, job. And if anyone's hiring, you know where to find me, at Mean on Twitter. Um, uh, following that, uh, Keandre Miller faced what would I, what I would concern, or concern, what I would rather say is a truly vile and disgusting situation where there's the things called Zoom raids, because I did some research on this afterwards. There's actually a Reddit yeah. for it. Yeah, no, we, we did a news story about this with an Albany FBI official on Thursday about how people are just jumping into these Zoom meetings and basically bombing them apparently in Mass one of our massachusetts viewing areas mm -hmm. someone jumped into a kindergarten class and just had swastika tattoos Great. all up on his body doing whatever the fuck you think someone with swastika tattoos wait okay so explain to me you could still like get on the video while the kinder the kids are watching yeah 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 People that's how this guy sick. did it i don't know if he said anything the report that we had didn't make mention or the fbi agent we talked to didn't make mention of whether this guy was saying anything to literally kindergartners <laughs> children the the smallest of the small people who are learning what patterns are and what syllables Shapes. are yeah those kids uh, he popped on there with swastikas and that's what they learned in kindergarten on thursday uh not great so it could this have been a ranger fan ryan absolutely we don't know to pretend like shitty people don't also follow your favorite sports team is naive and to this point irresponsible. We know they exist. Some of them are very active on Twitter, but there's a there's also a very good chance that the person who spammed this chat with Keandre Miller is just a piece of shit that's doing it to be a piece of shit. Well, that's exactly what it is. Uh, in in my personal opinion, like yes, it was a racist act, of course, big time. Yeah. But this person yeah. was looking to cause chaos and turmoil within communities and they succeeded that's exactly what i think he was did. also look he was also looking to fucking hurt keandre of course which How is unfair to keandre that's a literally a, it's, it was a racist attack that's the the point yeah. is to, to to try and attack this person for who they are as a person and that's exactly what this whoever this individual is who i really hope the fbi tracks down and catches because for real that's there's so many levels of of messed up that what happened here so Keandre, the, the Rangers are doing Q&As. They did one with Tony early last week, and we'll get to Tony and, and, and some reaction from the podcast and all that. We'll stick on Keandre for right now. Um, and they keep doing this, so they decided to, decide to go with Zoom. Keandre goes on Zoom, and immediately, or like very close into the start of the Zoom meeting, the chat is filled with just obscene, disgusting, vile, racial slurs against Keandre. Okay, so right away... What is Keandre supposed to do? There's, he has a couple of different options here. He can try and fight through it and be like, okay, I see what's happening here. Someone's attacking me. I'm going to try and do the best. He could have got up, Gregory, and he could have been, you know, he could have been like, fuck this guy. I'm not doing this. And I would have stood up and clapped. Like, I would have been like, that's, I don't, you know what? I'm just here to support Keandre. That was it. So when I tweeted out that he acted with, um, with class in that situation, he could have acted in any particular way and I would have supported him. It didn't matter what he did. He could have been like, dude, fuck that guy. Ban this. We're not standing for this. And I would have been like, yeah, go, Keandre. That's my dude. Like, I just, I don't want anybody to, anybody to be able to face or have to face something like that 
especially when you're just doing something that's supposed to be innocent for the fans. And you have to go out there and get something ruined by a sick individual who's sitting out there at their house during a time where people are just going through a lot of scary shit. And that person decides, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to go be racist online. Great. Thank you for adding to society. You're a garbage person. And I just, I wanted to have a message that was intended to say, hey, Keandre, you know, I know you're new to the New York Rangers. You've never really, you've, you've obviously been part of the organization. You haven't played a game for the team yet. That time will come, but we are not all this garbage person. And to show my support. When I did that, I misspoke and said he handled it with class. And in that case, I didn't realize what I was doing. I now realize the situation. I was told by many people. I admitted my mistake and I'm totally, I'm totally reasonable. But my whole intention at that point was to clearly show my support for someone who I think yeah. is a future leader and a future captain of the New York Rangers. I, I've said this for many years. Uh, so two years now, I've been like, Keandre's got captain written all over him and I want to support him. And to, to, to face um, just a lot of like, hey, do you know what you did? I, I really didn't know what I did. Um, and then I, I found out very quickly, admitted my mistake, and then was still uh, flamed appropriately. So I got raked over the coals. But that's, it's really not about me. It's about, it's about Keandre and what he had to face and how the Rangers handle it. And um, four hours later, they sent out a response. But I just don't know how you don't get ahead of that and immediately be like, hey, one of our star prospects and probably a star future player on our team is facing tremendous racial slurs right now and an attack. Yeah. So uh, why we'll, don't we get we'll, ahead of it? We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the embarrassment that is the New York Rangers taking as long as they did to send out a statement about that. Right. The only, Ryan, I will backseat drive for you because obviously, you know, I, what happened to you is strictly what happened to you. And yes, of course, as your friend, as your co-host, I get some of it as well, but it doesn't matter at all. The only thing you're guilty of is simplifying language. And I, I know you and I have talked about this mm. before, but we might as well have the conversation out there and open for everybody. You shouldn't have used the word classy because it, it does say that, you know, it gives the impression that Keandre Miller, a person of color, should always have a stiff upper lip if someone is basically not just being racist, but attacking him. Which is why I being. wanted to say, like, I would have stood up right. and clapped and I would have put made t-shirts and posted a video. Right. Like if, how, that, if that how we threw know, the computer out the window, I would have been pumped. If it's impossible to put ourselves in Keandre's situation. Of I course. just know that if that was happening in a Zoom conference and I that I was in and someone was saying something disgusting to me, my reaction would have been, are you guys seeing this shit? And I would have gotten angry at just about everybody in the room. Not that it was their fault that it was happening. It, ju it just would have infuriated me to a point where I would have been rendered useless. So if I, un I understand what you were trying to say, and I, I think people that are close to you understand what you were trying to say. You were just trying to say, dude, I don't know how the hell you handled that as well as you did. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would not. That was to me, the general message you were trying to send out there. Of course, the word itself gives an implication to a stranger that doesn't know you of something different. Correct. And it's, it sucks that it happened. It all of a sudden you become part of the story that you obviously didn't want to be <laughs> a part of who would want to be a part of that. You're literally just saying, Keandre, bro, this is something that is disgusting. This is not a reflection of Ranger fans. We not just want you here. 
we value you as a long-term part of this team that we all happen to root for. And it, you know, it sucks that it happened to you, dude. And it's a bummer. Uh, Twitter blows. I don't care what side of whatever debate you're on on Twitter. Twitter sucks. Twitter's a fucking cesspool. And it catches all of us. So props to you for handling all of that a lot better than I would have. Props to Keandre for handling that situation a lot better than I would have. Shit, dude, I would have gone fucking nuclear. I've gone nuclear at you about much smaller things that don't involve anything. A tenth of what Keandre went through. Agree. So it's it that dude literally is just a beacon. He is fucking incredible. The world does not deserve someone like Keandre Miller. He's too good for us. And the fact that that happened to him is sickening. I, dude, he's 20. He's what, 19, 20 years old? Yeah, man. That's Holy shit. When I was 19 or 20, I, I, I would not have been, I would not have handled that. Well, I wouldn't. It would have been, I would have, I, there, I don't have the words to describe what I would have done. I just know what 19, 20-year-old Greg Kaplan was like, even sober. I would have I would have been off the handle. I don't I don't blame you. I don't I don't know how I would have reacted if I was 19 or 20. Probably not as nearly as well. Um and he, you know, he handled it and he tried to he tried to be the bigger person. And that's exactly what I was trying to convey. Um and I, I did if he wanted to go ahead and and say what if he wanted to fly off the handle, I'm not going to blame him whatsoever. I would have supported him no matter what happened. But let's talk about the New York Rangers in general, huh? So yeah, it's it's it really is embarrassing. That this is the only word that comes to mind with how the Rangers handled that response. And I feel like this conversation will lead into what we want to say about talking to Tony and Strom next. But we're going to focus right on the Rangers first and foremost. It's not hard. It really isn't hard just to put out a blanket, generic, non-personal statement that says that shit's gross, unacceptable we're investigating. If you say that within, you could say that within five, 10, 15 minutes. You don't need a fancy Twitter graphic. You don't need a prepared statement. Just call it fucking gross. That's all you have to do. It shouldn't have taken four, three plus four hours for them to say what they said. Sure. They got to the point eventually, but they got to the point eventually because it seemed like everyone who has a interest in hockey or just humanity as a whole started asking the Rangers, what the fuck? Like this isn't a hard thing to do. All you have to do is get, it blows my mind how sports teams usually are their own worst enemy. We've seen it with the Knicks. How many times the entire Spike Lee situation is unbelievable that it fucking happens. And we've constantly said how utterly shocked we are that the New York Rangers are owned by the same group that owns the New York Knicks. Because you see how the Knicks are handled, and you see how the Rangers are handled, and it doesn't make sense that it comes from the same tree. Well, this incident is the first time you can actually understand how it comes from the same tree. Because it seemed like the Rangers were unprepared with how they wanted to handle it. It it gave the impression, Ryan, that the New York Rangers were hoping people just didn't notice that's I have to th- tell you, I did, getting... I did think about that. I took a, a nice run, and one of the things that came up, I was like, I wonder if they thought this was going to be a non-story, and they were like, yeah. "Okay, we won't, we won't. If we if we let out a press conference, then people are going to know, right? Like if they let out a response, people are going to be like, hey, what is this about?'" You're right, and it it 
it gives the impression that they were all hoping nobody would have noticed. And that burying your head in the sand is just unacceptable in these times. You can't be doing it. You have to, you can't just, it's not even just for, I, right. I hope, right? I can't assume, but I hope that someone in that room was apologetic. In the room? Was they're all working in the room, home, dude. They're, they're, they're in Slack. Someone who was organizing that call from the team with Keandre. And I hope that person was like, buddy, no idea what the fuck happened there. I apologize so much. This will be looked at. I, I just want whatever person was running that Zoom meeting. It's not like Keandre set it up himself. Whoever was running that with Keandre, pray to God they apologized at minimum. But it it just it gives the impression when you wait that long that all you're doing is hoping nobody noticed. And it it's just that it's not as bad as the act itself, but it's a spit in the face of everything as an organization and everything the NHL claims to stand for, right? Hockey is supposed to be for everyone. We hear it all the time. Of course, that's it's only true when it's convenient. I mean, we <laughs> we, we talked to Tony D'Angelo. Everyone listening to this that hated that we talked to Tony D'Angelo will tell us exactly that. How yes. can hockey be for everyone if hockey is also for Tony D'Angelo, who has a history of very much not being for everyone? But it's... It's just, it's so, you don't need a degree, a four-year degree in public relations to just know that if something like that happens, all you have to do is call it disgusting, say it's going to be investigated, and then most people be like, thank you. It's the fact that it took them four hours. It's just unacceptable. And it's not this hard. It's really Sports not. teams do this all this time. It's not that hard. It's two sentences. One, 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 one Photoshop, really. It's like... We realize what happened in the Keandre Miller uh, Zoom Q&A today. We find it vile and disgusting. We are investigating this matter. I'm for hire, it, by the way. Just Yeah, I just, I don't understand. And honestly, I mean, we don't. Look, we, we get don't. pushback from Rangers PR occasionally. And hey. trust me, the things we get pushback on doesn't take four hours to get pushback on. No, the world tra- word travels pretty quickly with you and I. It does. It's All just right. unreal. Well, it it really it it that upset me. It didn't upset me as much as the incident happening, but it did upset me. The fact that the Rangers decided not to get out in front of it. Yeah, just I agree. And it took them four hours to really just go ahead and say this was gross, which it should have been like, hey, before uh, this is over, we should probably say something, huh? We'll probably get out there and uh, let the fans know that we're investigating this because this is a vile act against one of our own. This isn't like. This isn't a beat writer. It's not like, like you know, I can't even make an example here. But it, this isn't somebody out, out there that just, like, covers the team or something like that. It's a player that's in the organization. You have to protect him. But not, not just that. It's a prospect you clearly think so highly of that instead of having a generic phone conference with reporters, you, you told yourself, we're putting this guy out there for the fans. We value him so much that we're going to make him available directly to our fan base. And yet, you kind of let him get railroaded. And that's just heartbreaking. Right. And then the biggest story in hockey, because there is no hockey um, for the entire weekend, was the Keandre Miller Q&A. Which, that's it. That's the only thing that happened. Which sucks for Keandre. It's not his fault. It's, you know, he, I'm sure he doesn't want to be that. That's not the reason he wants to be a story. Again, I don't want to speak for him. But I can only imagine if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't want to be a story for the weekend because I was like 
racially assaulted on a, on a, a Zoom Q&A. Now it's like, okay, cool. Now now when people talk about me before I go to the league, I don't know when hockey's going to be. This is always going to be the first thing that comes up until I start playing. So that's just I will say I will say this it, because I think it's fair that we bring this back to what Keandre Miller means to this New York Rangers organization sure. as a as a piece to the future. I still believe he's going to spend what whatever next year is, all of it in Hartford. I think the Rangers want him to be Again, I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to just go in and do everything Mark Stahl supposedly does for the New York Rangers, but I think they want Keandre to fill those skates when Mark Stahl finally leaves. There's one year left on Stahl's contract. We know that they value Stahl in the locker room. I mean, it never has it been more clear when it was Mark Stahl and literally not anybody else who did those weird Zoom conferences with reporters with three other players from the Metropolitan Division, right? Could have been any Ranger. Yeah. Literally any Ranger. Mark Stahl. Could have been Chris Kreider. Yeah. It was Mark Stahl. So he's not going anywhere. Um, but I don't think he's going to get another deal with the Rangers. I don't know if Mark Stahl even wants to play beyond his deal with the Rangers. Keandre Miller is going to be an important piece for the New York Rangers, not next season, the season after that. And it's going to – it's not that – I don't think Keandre Miller is going to be the guy that – It'll rest on his shoulders if the Rangers are good or not, but he is a significant piece. People want to talk about Niels Lundqvist being a significant piece and maybe the number one prospect in the Rangers system. I still think Keandre Miller is more important to the Rangers' future just because there's a clearer path for Keandre Miller to be in this team's lineup. Agreed. I and, totally agree. I know and, we talked about Niels probably playing the left also, um, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it just with Niels, there's more flexibility for the Rangers to do things. And that flexibility includes possibly packaging Lundquist in a deal to get another piece that fills the need. Possibly. For me, Keandre, Keandre Miller, like, I don't think the Rangers, and I think it's clear that they're not going to shop him. Because again, would be weird if the Rangers wanted to shop Keandre Miller and have him introduced to the fan base in a Zoom conference call. Also, it just doesn't happen. Correct. Um, all right. I think that covers the topic. Did we miss anything there? I don't believe we did. I'm sure we did. I'm sure we'll be I'm corrected. I'm sure people but... will tell us. Uh, again, I'm sorry, and I realize what I did. I just, I look at him as a very prestigious and well-spoken individual. Again, the only thing you're guilty of is using one incorrect word to try and simplify a statement you were trying to make. Yes, I support you, Keandre. All right, let's get to our five-star reviews, and then we're going to get to the Blue Shirt Banter Boys. Well, oh. we should probably talk about that little thing we did last week. Oh, Tony? Tony, Tony and Stroke. Yeah, sure. Here, here, and I'll, 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 instead of obviously people know we talked about so I'm only going to say this I only want to say it once because we've said it multiple times and I'm sure the large majority of people who listen to us understand this is how we feel but there's a population there's a portion of the people that listen to us that will want us to say it once and for all sure we understand that Tony D'Angelo a human being is probably a piece of shit and by probably I mean definitely it's unforgivable, the things he said when he was a teenager or a 20-year-old to his own teammates, to opponents, to officials. It was homophobic. It was racist. It was disgusting. It is not immaturity. That shit cannot be wiped under the rug of maturity levels. That shit does not have anything to do with immaturity. Immaturity is driving too fast on a road because you feel invincible. Immaturity is not words that are spoken out of your mouth to an individual. It's disgusting. We've said it multiple times. Anytime we've tried to analyze Tony D'Angelo, 
I think we make perfectly clear that there is a difference between Tony D'Angelo, the hockey player, and Tony D'Angelo, the human being. And I understand that for some, there is no difference. You have to include everything. And God bless you. I, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's a you issue. I don't think you shouldn't do that. However you want to ingest your favorite hockey team or the sport you love, do it how you want, man or woman. I, it's not for me to Anybody. decide. It's not for me to decide. At the same time, with all that being said, we are, we are paid by The Athletic to discuss New York Rangers hockey. And when two players from the New York Rangers tell us that they want to come on the podcast to talk New York Rangers hockey, it is our obligation to talk to them. Just like it's Vince's obligation, Colin Stevenson's obligation, Rick Carpinello's obligation, Larry Brooks's, I think, obligation to talk to these people. It's, in essence, our job. It is not an endorsement of Tony D'Angelo as a human being. And if you ask me why I didn't ask Tony D'Angelo point blank when talking with him, hey, man, why are you a piece of shit? I, the answer would be exactly what you want. Tony would say, I'm not. I've learned. I've matured. If anything, that would be giving Tony a platform to all of a sudden try and change the narrative around him. All we wanted to do oh, was hey. talk about shit that was happening in this locker room with two guys who made themselves very available to us. And we're very honest and candid. Um, I don't want to defend Tony because that feels wrong. I, but you can, the business. you can, as a person, grow and change. I don't know if Tony has. All indications from... All indications from him, not from us. Everything that Tony does online indicates that he's at least... If, if the only thing that we can tell for sure from Tony D'Angelo is he's now at least aware enough not to say those words out loud again. I will say but this. I, I, yeah, I, 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 listen, I would be stunned if anything inside Tony D'Angelo has changed. Stunned. Absolutely I, I, stunned. It's not my place to know. I really don't know. I can tell you this. This is what I can tell you. I didn't ask him. Like I, When I came on the podcast, I wasn't trying to talk politics. I, don't, I didn't give him a position to do that. I, I think we just talked about the Rangers, and I think exclusively talked about the locker room. thought we did a good job and got good insights from that. Cool. I enjoyed talking to both of them. Ryan Strom is incredibly likable. I'm not sure why Strom gets lumped in uh, to the Tony D'Angelo atmosphere. He, he, apparently, he apparently did sign a Make America Great Again hat for a fan. Fine. Okay. That could happen. Like, I don't, I don't see that as a crazy thing. I really don't. If a fan comes up, they're like, hey, can you sign this? And he goes, sure, I'll do it. I don't see that insane. I, like, that's whatever to me. Um, Strom was super nice. Like, I, I honestly, I know people that are on both sides of the aisle here. Um, and I'm friends and family with some of them too. And that's just what it is. I'm not trying to make this a political thing. Those, those guys were great to me when they were on. I don't know if Tony's changed. I really don't. I, I'm going to say following him on Twitter, indications no. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's our job, like you said, to provide Ranger insight. And that's exactly what we did. And I'm sorry like that I didn't. One of my first questions is, hey, Tony, can we talk about that racial incident you had when you were 19 years old? Like, I, I didn't want to do that. That My job was to talk about his time with the Rangers, and I thought we had, we were, we had fun. We were buddy-buddy. We stayed the way. We, we, we host podcasts, which is the light and fun. This has been our heaviest podcast ever, somehow. Um, and that's just where we are. So I don't want to defend Tony and Strom in, in, that, in that aspect. But actually, I don't want to defend Strom. I have no idea. Like, I really don't know. He's just friends with Tony. I'm friends with people that are on that side, too. Like, it's not, it's not for me. Uh, now I'm getting too political. But that's just... 
that's just the way it is. So I, I like, I'm, I'm happy both yeah. the guys came on. I'm happy we got the insight we needed. I'm not going to apologize for 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 literally hustling to get dudes on and chirping them online because it's my job to do that. That's just what I'm supposed to do. And I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I thought we seriously had a, one had a lot of fun. Two got a lot of great insight, and uh, three um, had the had two Rangers on before anybody else has talked to the Rangers since the. Um, since this situation we're in now has occurred. So I thought, right. I thought that was a really, um, if you're missing sports, I was just hoping to provide you with something that could, uh, give you some insight into what so we learned a lot of things we didn't know. I really didn't. And I thought they cleared a lot of things up, especially with Lindy Ruff. Um, and I want to, let me, let me, yeah, let me, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. If, if for some strange reason, sure. Jose Reyes out of the blue came up to me one day and said, Hey man, would love to get behind a microphone and talk to you about my time with the Mets, the 2006 Mets, everything involved. Oh, I see what you're doing. Me here. as a human, be- me as a human being, mm-hmm. my relationship with Jose Reyes could not be more complicated because what he did in Hawaii as a domestic abuser is fucking disgusting. And I had a hard time when he came back to the Mets. I didn't actively root against him, but my life would have just been so much simpler if Jose Reyes wasn't a New York Met. Of course, that is me personally, Greg Kaplan, trying to look at what makes it better for me. And I was just trying to deflect a very serious issue. But if Reyes wanted to talk New York Mets baseball, I would talk New York Mets baseball. Just the same that I don't hold it against David Wright, who you know could not possibly have a higher Q score with myself and just about every Met fan that ever exists. I don't hold it against David Wright that he's still friends with Jose Reyes. It's not my business. It's, it's not anything I can do anything about. David Wright seems like the kindest, sweetest, best human being to ever exist on planet Earth. So, so does and Ryan if he Strong. Wants to be friends, <laughs> if he wants to be friends with Jose Reyes, well, there's probably a good reason why. And I'm sure that of all people, someone like David Wright had a very serious conversation about Jose with Jose. I just want to know. I just, I can't hold that against David. I wouldn't. I'm also on a first name basis with him now. No, that's very nice of you. But if, if Reyes came up to me and said, bro, I want to talk Mets baseball, my first thing wouldn't be, fuck you. I, in my, it would cross my mind, don't get me wrong, but I'd be like, yeah, dude, you're Jose fucking Reyes. I have so many questions about the 2006 Mets. I need to know what the fuck happened in 2007 and 2008. Tell me more about Willie Randolph. What the fuck's up with Carlos Beltran? Was he cheating back then? Like, I have so many questions that I would want to ask him. And it doesn't, I don't, maybe it does. You know, maybe, maybe I'm trying to see good in myself. Maybe it does make me a bad person for wanting to have a conversation with Jose Reyes or Tony D'Angelo. This has been a really interesting therapy uh, session for us because... Yeah, we could be, Ryan. We could just be two guys in the wrong the entire way. I want to talk to Adam Fox despite the fact that he loves Donald Trump. That's... I don't care that people love Donald Trump. I don't care. I'll be honest with you. I don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't care. I do care. I I do think it's fucked up to uh, support someone like that. At the same time... I understand that there's probably nothing I can say to change your mind, but if we interact and I'm a good person and you, you want to interact with a, someone you assume is a good person, maybe that helps change your viewpoint of who you keep around you in your life. But I got to tell you guys, rich, affluent white kids from suburban parts of America are probably conservative. So 
I, it's, look, we can't be breaking news on it. Dude, I don't see it as a bad thing a lot of the time. I, it's, it's not. It's I, really not. I, I, meet, it, it's I complicated. meet and know a I, lot of people. Am, it's such a nuanced conversation. It's not It's not good and bad. It's not like, hey, if this, then bad. If you this, then good. Like, that's it's it's way more than that. And it's too, it's yeah. to be honest, Ryan, it's too is, much of a life conversation. Is, life is nuanced. It's too much. Life wow. is nuanced. Honestly, Greg, we just figured it all out. And if everyone could understand that life is nuanced and it's not black and white and there's, hey, if you do this, then you're this we could really solve a lot of problems. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, something, something once upon a time we were nuance used to exist. I don't think it does anymore. I really it's, don't. It's few and I far think, between. I think I should, we've all done a good job of creating echo chambers in our own personal lives. Dude, I where, try and stay nuanced. I try and stay around people that have different opinions from me. Cause I'm genuinely curious. I really am. Um, fun, fun, while we're on the topic, fun fact, when I went to visit my sister in Denver, I found out she was a Mike Bloomberg supporter, and it blew my fucking mind. It's crazy sometimes. That one actually is wild. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that one's literally wild. But it's it, you know what? You, you just don't know what happened to a person. I, I, I don't know everyone's life story. I don't know everything. I don't care. Yeah. You know what? My, 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 sister and I, my sister and I came from the same house. Yeah. And we're just like, sure, we might both lean left, but we're apparently just incredibly different dude I, I, thought, rode... I thought i was a filthy snowflake i'm clearly not and no. on, on top of that like i know people i'm very close to who are on on the right side of things hey um but Shit, uh, man my roommate from college yeah and I, I i love them i love them dearly yeah so i'm not it was in this wedding I'm, i would do it again tomorrow i'm not here to say like if adam fox did uh like voted for uh voted for trump i, I don't give a sh i don't care like i i know that people are gonna be like you should care like blah blah, blah you're ruining the country I, I've met a lot of good people. People have their own decisions and make those things. And I try not to base them off of the one vote they made. That's it. I, this has been the most we've ever learned about each other, uh, our politics on, on this podcast. And on top of like we, other We apologize. Crazy... But look, we, it had to be addressed. It's been addressed. We don't have to address it again. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. We're good. I'm, I'm if, done. Pe if people, if, if we lost listeners for having two people on the podcast last week, I'm sorry. We are a Rangers podcast. And we tried to talk Rangers with Rangers. I understand that the two Rangers look, man, Zero. life would have been great if Henrik if Henrik Lundqvist, Mika Zibanejad, and Chris Kreider wanted to come on the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No one would hate you know, us. Someone for that. was like, someone told me, like, why did you get Chris Kreider? Like, okay. <laughs> he doesn't have social media. <laughs> yeah. He also doesn't have an email that's readily available. Yeah. I don't know where Chris Kreider is. He's apparently a Renaissance man. Yeah. Every story that we've been getting from Chris Kreider since the shutdown, that it wouldn't surprise me if that dude had a cabin in Wyoming I, that didn't have neighbors three miles around it. I would do unspeakable things to interview Chris Kreider. Unspeakable, okay? I want to make this so goddamn clear. He's the ranger I want to interview the most. It's not even close. It's not even close. So please, I would love, if Chris came on, I it, it, it will never happen. We will never get him. But I, I, would, I would die happy. So uh, I think we did a good job covering Tony and Strom. I think we were very fair. I think we got a lot of good information. We made one political joke and we moved on. And somehow, Gregory, it still got turned political on us. So yeah, we're bad people, Ryan. Yeah. So the it's fine. I I understand that I'm a piece of shit. I'm at peace with it. I'm new. I'm I'm now. I'm you know I'm I'm piece of shit, Ryan. Noted piece of shit, Ryan Mead. That's where I'm at now. So see, Ryan, you don't have the experience of being the asshole in your friend group. I'm like new. I'm new here, so I'm trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you I'm stretching out. You merely you merely adopt adopted the dog. <laughs> yeah, I was you, born in it. Yeah, you were born. So, uh, you know, sorry, we had to sit through, you had to sit through with this, a very serious episode of Bush's Breakaway, but hopefully we get a little bit lighter now, uh, go to some five-star questions and then we address all those things. I love all of you. That's really the case. I've met good people. 
on both sides. And I yeah, I'm also I'm calling bullshit because this entire conversation derailed me wanting to talk Gabrick v Nash. I got news for you. We got a lot of fucking time. <laughs> Not today, but well, in, in we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about how about that? We have our yeah. good friends, our dear friends, Tom Ertz and Mike Murphy coming on the pod yep. from bantering the blue shirts. Hey, we'll talk about yeah. it with them. Yeah, we'll do that. That's fine. All right, let's do some five stars, shall we? We've got 10 minutes to bang these out. This is from David Shanker. Hey, guys, great stream. Thank you. It was great being able to talk, meet, talk, and even play with you guys. I don't know, that comes off weird, huh? Most, mostly you, Ryan. Again, yeah. I look, I hate giving you praise. Mm-hmm. So the last week of my life has been incredibly difficult. I can only imagine how either, tough this was for you. I, I've either had to give you praise or defend your ass. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, fucking hate doing both those things. Yep. Never uh, again. Person that, uh, that David then says, still can't believe how much you raised. During the, during the stream, you talked about PB&Js. And Ryan said uh, hot pepper jelly. Uh, so that got me thinking, what is your ideal sandwich? Type of bread, type of protein, type of veggies, or no veggies? I like a baguette with teriyaki. Uh, Hosen Skursake and coleslaw. Have fun with this one. David. Interesting. So, like, if, your, if someone had a gun sandwich. to my head, what's the one sandwich I want? Yeah, I got my It has answer. to be a sandwich that I can physically make, right? I think so. I, it's probably a sandwich that you could order at a deli. Probably in New York. No, but I, like, I can't make a chicken parm. I wouldn't trust myself. You can't make a chicken parm? Bro, that is not hard. Ryan, (laughs) Ryan, Ryan. Yes. I am not good in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, For me, if it isn't my world famous grilled cheese, which is simply just two slices. The Greggy Grilled? Yeah. I'm not, two slices of whole wheat, Mm -hmm. American cheese, and butter. That's all I do. But somehow they taste fucking incredible. Um, I do like to pride myself on my bacon, egg, and cheese homemade skills. So I'd, I'd say, but bacon, egg, and cheese, turkey bacon, right? Oh, man. Okay, I like turkey bacon. Bacon, egg, and cheese from a deli, though, is magnifique in New York on a little bit of that. It's the best thing ever. Salt, pepper, ketchup. I, got, I, got, I, got, I do have a spoiler, though. Okay, hit me. No such thing as a bad bacon, egg, and cheese. It's impossible to fuck up. Okay, if you go outside of New York, I swear to God you can get a, a, a bad Ryan, bacon, I, egg, Ryan, I spent cheese. five years living in Georgia. So, I've eaten bad ones. I'm just saying. My, my sandwich is roast beef with horseradish, lettuce, tomato, and American or, or Swiss cheese on like a, on a nice roll. That's where I'm at. Anyway. Bri- uh, a bri- uh, what are they called? Briage? Briage? A briage roll is what I'll go with. Hmm. Um, let's go through these. Uh, Lindy's Rough says, truly a five-star review. Incredible content despite everything going on. And keep up the great uh, great work with the food bank stream. Keep it up. We will. Thank you so much. This one's intended for Greg. It's from P2- PTO Woosner. Um, oh EA Sports makes trash hockey games. Do you wish that one day, a, one day, a company like 2K would come back and re- reinvigorate the series, or at least force th- EA to stop neglecting their own game? I got news for you: the 2K hockey games were also butt. Hockey is just a hard game to make. That like, it's good when it's simple. Yeah, baseball games are great because you never have to do too much at one time. Basketball games, I mean, there's a lot of hate going on with 2K like the 2k franchise with basketball um well it's like it's seriously pay to win like they 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 poach on some on poor people that want to buy and collect things i know other games do that yeah. too, but 2k I, is pretty grimy with that stuff yeah i i will say i i just think hockey is a hard unless it's complete cartoonish like nhl hits is still my NHL favorite hits is unbelievable bro you turn into the it, polar bear it's sick yeah but it, it's like it, unless you're making the game cartoon it's hard to make a true to the sport video game, unless it's baseball. In my I, mind. I think FIFA does so a, it's, FIFA does a good job. Oh, FIFA, you know what? Fair. FIFA is it feels I'm, like I'm fucking I'm playing not the even sport. not even a soccer person, but definitely FIFA. FIFA. Uh, but again, that's a pretty simple like soccer itself, super simple. Not a whole lot of complexities there. 
my my review of playing NHL 20 is that you can't poke check or you will go on the penalty kill. Yeah, it, it's hard. I don't know. It in my mind, I think we should just all pray to God that NHL hits comes back because that shit is dope. These next four questions are paragraphs. So here we go. Oh, Zibby Jesus for captain Christ. asks: Listening to BSB OT 26 right now, and you guys are talking about the Lundqvist Brodor debate and how if Hank had gotten one cup, he'd be viewed as better than Brodor. Not sure if you guys have spent any time living in New Jersey. Spoiler alert: We haven't. Uh, but here, I've been here my whole life and being a Rangers fan growing around Devils fans, I'm almost certain that would absolutely not be the case. Brodor is the best of all time here, even if Hank did have a cup. They all talk about him like he's a god, almost Gretzky level, and dismiss when I talk about Hank's unreal stats. I'm just kind of uh, paraphrasing here. This might just be homers being homers, but it made me wonder if this is a wider, wider opinion outside of my doubles fan bubble. If, if Does this happen when you talk to other media? Is, is this like He's pretty much asking outside of his bubble, is that also the case? Do people still think Brodor is better than Hank? Yeah, because he has the cups. Yes, I agree. I, I think every. I think you're. I mean, I. We've seen it because we've seen all this stupid, decade shit that we've been just getting flooded with this week, or some ridiculous arguments how Corey Crawford is as good as Henrik Lundqvist. Just oh because my he has god, cups. the if Corey you, Crawford argument have, is garbage. Hockey media is real simple, guys. It's real simple. If you have cups, you're great. If you don't have cups, something's wrong with you. Mark Andre Fleury, I, do you see the, the 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 career stat thing? I forgot what it was. It's yes. like a ranking of goalie every single year. Mark Andre Fleury like ranks highest 18th. Henry Lundqvist is like one, two, or three every single year up to 2015, 2016. Sorry. So it's it's unbelievable. And Mark and Mark Andre Fleury, by the way, was uh, goalie of the decade according to NHL.com. <laughs> yeah, it's guys. Hi, hockey writers, they're uh, not a complicated. You know what's really they fun? Like dude? Cups, they like talking their about hockey. Damn, that felt good. That was, I took like a 15 minute hike this weekend and I got to touch rocks for a second and I had like a rush, like, whoa, this is outside. Gotcha. That's crazy. Well, here's one thing we haven't considered, Ryan. Yeah. Their voting tendencies. Mm, the rocks. <laughs> no, no. Martin Brodeur, does oh. he lean right? Will that make him better if he leans right? Oh my God. I don't care. I don't. I could, I, I just, the amount I don't give a shit is unbelievable. But you, you want to know, you want to know how much either, I just could you imagine? I, I do want you to imagine, Ryan. Oh, imagine please. Alex Rodriguez broke up or divorced one of his wives okay, and Lundqvist. married his now ex-wife's sister. <laughs> we, okay. We'd we, talk about it. Ryan, we'd talk about it every day. It no would way. be the first line on his plaque. We'd be like, here's Alex Rodriguez, great baseball player, but first we need to get to the thing that happened with his ex-wife's family. I don't, like it would be the first thing we talk about. I don't give a shit how any player votes or really. I, I really just. Want I to talk care about, about how they remarried. But I care a lot about how they remarried. But but if they remarried their current wife's or their ex-wife's sister, we've got a problem. Yeah, I just <laughs> Houston. We've got oh my issue. god! Um, just imagine the stories that would come. It doesn't even have to be Alex Rodriguez. It it could be like a B-level baseball player, like Mike Cameron. If Mike Cameron did it, we'd all be like. Oh, remember Mike Cameron? Yeah, pretty good defensive center fielder. Also had that weird thing with his ex-wife and her sister. Want to talk about that? Okay. Like, it's the fact he's one of the. I look bar none. Mark Tanbroder, one of the ten best goalies to ever do it. But how <laughs> is Uncle Daddy not the first thing we talk about? It's. it's I don't weird. care about the rings or the cups. He remarried into the same family. That's so weird, dude. That's so weird. I have my window open. I just realized the the people who are trying to social distance outside have a lot of questions for me. Right I'm enjoying this second half of the podcast a lot. All right, uh, this one's from Keegan. Hey, guys, it's Keegan. Thanks, Keegan. Uh, before my question, I think we could use a little positivity after Friday's events. I just want to let you guys know how much this season, uh, this show means to me. My mental health isn't always the greatest, 
but I always know that every Tuesday I can give myself a little pick-me-up by listening to you guys. Oh, that's really nice. On top of that, being able to interact with you guys on Twitter regularly it means more it means more to me than I can put into words. That being said, which members from the 2019-2020 Rangers roster would be the most and least likely to survive a zombie apocalypse? Use whatever criteria you'd like. This could be a whole episode. You want to say, I feel like Keegan has asked us a BSBOT question before. We said, we'll save it, and we've never done it. So I'm just going to say Chris Kreider, because again, we're learning so much about Chris Kreider since hockey stopped playing that this week, I assume we're going to learn that he's a marksman. Uh, I'm going to vote Tony D'Angelo because I think, you know, he's just really, he doesn't really care. He's really resolved. (laughs) But he's also brainless. So yep. they wouldn't go after. Oh man, Tony! See what I did there? Yeah, I appeased, I appeased part of our fan. You're appeasing them. Right, listen, yeah, it's not like Tony's gonna. Tony, Tony's forgotten. He's even talked to us. I'm sure. That's probably true. I did enjoy having him on. I don't care what anyone says. Ryan remembers us. Yes, Ryan Strom, great guy. Um, I, my real answer though is probably not Henrik Lundqvist. I'll go Buchnevich. I just know he has some backwood hunting experience. Definitely has a rifle. Has definitely because he's Russian. Is that, is that, no, I don't know. It just feels like, I just know he's from the backwoods of Russia. I feel like he's like from the hillbilly area. Is that true? I don't know. Of Russia? I think what, so. What do you think the hillbilly area of Russia is like? I think you're, is I, it like, I think is, it Mickey, is it Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2? I think I've made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Another Ryan apology coming next week about how the hillbilly, Jillian, Jillian. Oh no, Jillian, no. Directly and be Jillian, like, what the fuck is it? Jillian, what do you think you're doing, Jillian, sir? do not quote tweet me. I'm so sorry. I just feel like Booch, he could, he could be out there. You know, I think. I, tough, I, I tough still guy. think, I still think it's Kreider because I think we only know 7% of what Chris Kreider is actually like. That's true. I don't think we know anything of what Chris Kreider is. No, he's become the international man of mystery. Mika telling me that Chris Kreider plays like perfect piano, like fucking Mozart piano. Yeah, fuck that. There's so much to learn about Chris Kreider. That dude, he took a limitless pill and he became Bradley Cooper. He's unbelievable. Uh, Keegan, don't be surprised if this is an episode during the summer. Um, this is from- <laughs> Don't be surprised if this is next week. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? This is from Jenny Lightning Butt. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Um. Five-star question, ADA. I read this one in advance. It's pretty good. Oh, I read a little oh, bit. Okay. Hey, guys, greeting from oh, Texas. Congrats on your success. I feel like I've been on a wild ride with you guys the last three years. And life's, uh, it's been great to see you guys make a name for yourselves. I have an ADA question. Do you think the American Americans with disabled <laughs> disabilities oh. should require oh, like accommodations for the, bl- for the blind on e-commerce websites like Amazon? Under the ADA, it's illegal for public accommodations to deny equal access uh, to a person with basis on their disability. Historically, any retail store has consulted the public accommodation with e-commerce. As they keep going with the ADA, but um, I love it. I love it. Let me know uh, your yes, Let me know your I policy concerns are on either direction. If you think it counts, or or the le- or the legislation should be effective in a change in regulatory scheme. Love Jenny. Uh, Jenny, I think every every time you go to check out of any online website, an automated voice message should read back. Are you sure you want to purchase? And then it says whatever the hell you're trying to purchase, because I think hearing it out loud would actually make you self-reflect. I think really, hard. I think there should be um, not only should I, they all have um, what you're requesting here for the, the actual ADA and, and become compliant uh, for, for the blind on the websites, but they should also have the, uh, the drunk Amazon order button. Oh, that yeah. is like, we're not letting you, you have to do a breathalyzer test. It's 2 a.m. Um, yes. If your blood alcohol is over, I don't think it should be the, I, I think it should be twice the legal limit. If it's mm-hmm. over twice the legal limit, they revoke your purchasability. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I will say this. I will say this. I followed my own advice on Saturday 
and I did call my parents and some way, shape, or I don't know how we got to it. I don't know how we got to it. We were talking about the fucking depressing times we live in. Mm. All I know is my mom is sending me like 48 rolls of toilet paper. Okay. So I never have to buy toilet paper ever again. Very nice. Uh, last question. Capo Caco, praise be 24. Great job. Oh, this is our friend Chris. This is Chris. This Chris is, Chris is helping us out with our 1994 oh, Rangers Chris, rewatch project. Chris from project. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, for everyone listening, we're going to try and do the Devils and the Vancouver round uh, game by game, week by week um, this summer. So stay tuned. Uh, this is a great job as always on the podcast. Number one, as as sad as it is, I do think we uh, do you think we've seen Lundqvist play his last game as a Ranger? I do. I don't. I don't. I maybe depends. Do they ever try to restart this season? If this season's over, yes. Exactly. If the New York Rangers don't play another game in whatever is considered the 2019-2020 season, yes, I think Henrik Lundqvist's time as New York Rangers is done. I do, unfortunately. The salary cap next year will be an issue next year, regardless if it does go up or down or stay the same. What free agents do you think the Rangers will or should target in this offseason? I feel like we've asked this question um, a couple times. I think there's no way I they just, target anybody. Yeah, I, the, if, I think if the if Rangers somebody, it's make like a, moves. It's like a minimum free agent. That's available. Yeah, like a like a bottom six forward kind of guy. But I, even then, I think the Rangers are happy trying to fill out the bottom six with people that exist currently within the organization. 100% agree. I, I think the New York Rangers are going to make moves. I just think they're going to be trades. I don't think they have – they definitely don't have the cap flexibility. They didn't have the cap flexibility before the salary cap plunged because hockey stopped existing. Uh, but they have even less of it now. So they got a lot to address internally. And some of that is going to result in trades. But I don't think any marquee free agent you could throw out there, Rangers aren't signing one. Not happening. Last question is, uh, this one's for Greg. As a long-suffering Mets hey. fan, with Cinder oh God, getting Tommy John, do you think it's possible the yep. Mets non-tender him next year, considering no. he won't be ready until 2021 at earliest, and then is free agent? No. Uh, because you can still trade you can still trade him. Is there a more Mets thing to do than non-tender him and then see Syndergaard sign with the Yankees and win a Cy Young Award? Uh, yes, he could sign with the Nationals and win a World Series. Keep up the great work. Let's go Rangers, Jets, Mets, and Knicks. Yes, I know three of the four of them are dumpster fires. Praise be to Kako, Chris and Florida. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard not life right there. I really do feel bad for most Mets. Most Mets fans are also Jet fans, and that fact just breaks my heart. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, this has been a definitely one of the more interesting first 50 minutes of Blue Shirts sure. Breakaway. Sure. You want to go talk to two of our good friends now? I guess we should. I love everybody. I just want to let everyone know. And I don't want to thank everyone for this. I, 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 I don't. I hate some of you. Some of you fucking suck. I, I, oh, I Even will, some of the ones that you think I like you, I don't. I, will, I don't like you at all. I will re, reconstruct my statement as I've been known to do over the past couple weeks. Uh, I like 95% of you. I fucking, I fucking hate 50% of you. <laughs> I, I got to tell you. Even the ones that I love dearly. Like, I love Evolving Wild, but fuck them sometimes. I'm just saying. Okay, we'll get them back on soon. Love those guys. I kind of wanted them on this week, but I'll do it next week. Yeah, right, sounds good. All right, uh, let's go to our dear friends, Mike and Tom. Who I love. I love both of them. I love them too. Let's go. Okay, before we get to Mike and Tom, we're going to talk about DoorDash. That's right, DoorDash. You know what? I'm going to just be honest. Been using a lot of DoorDash lately. DoorDash has like a support your local restaurants thing that happens on Saturday. I wish this was part of the ad read. I'm actually just doing this native. Pretty impressive if I do say so myself. But we've been ordering some fun stuff. We got some sushi from a local place. We got some Korean chicken. Uh, last week we got, uh, what did we get? Tacos and, and burritos. It was awesome. It's been great. DoorDash has been a wonderful tool during these times. 
So if you want to use DoorDash, you can go. It's super easy. It's super easy to order with DoorDash. All you need is the app. You choose what you want to eat and your food. Well, it'll be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. 3,000 partners in the U.S., US part, uh, Puerto Rico, and Canada, 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 and Australia, and you can support your local go-tos. That's what we do here. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, $15 or more, and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download DoorDash app and enter the code BSB. That's right, $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BSB. So do that today, and that's it. Enjoy DoorDash. And also, we have one more ad, and here it is. And if you were to guess, on average, how many days people have to wait for to see a doctor in the United States, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor license in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician for within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, well, Roman's pharmacy can ship you with a medication to you with free two-day shipping. Free two-day shipping. Oh, you also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com. Slash BSB for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroadend.com slash BSB for a free online visit and two free day shipping. Let's go. Hey, we're back with our guest of the day. Uh, uh, the same, uh, you know, level of guests as last week. So we have Mike and Tom of, of Bantering the Blue Shirts. Uh, Michael, and Michael, say hello first. Michael, how are you? I am swell. Uh, how are you today, uh, my friends? Uh, you know, everyone? I've been... Just Danny. Thank you, Michael. And Thomas, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you gentlemen doing? I'm, I'm just the dandiest. All right. Yeah, um, Tom, Tom, by the way, before we get into this, the low-key MVP of the COVID stream. For sure. Tommy Tommy coming in big time supporting New York City food banks. So I much respect Tom. And Michael, too. And everybody else that, that donated. Thank everybody. Um, a great success. All right, let's um uh, let's get into the nitty gritty of things and watch as I let Greg host an interview. Gregory, go ahead. Oh God. Well, oh, first boy. thing I want—I know you guys need to buckle up. I, I didn't he, know you were. He could have fucking sent me the questions, and I would have done it. I, I did. I, there, there weren't even questions; they were just topics. Oh, and I okay. was like, "Yeah, Ryan doesn't need these. Yeah. Why does Ryan need Why these? We'll figure them out." These? Okay. Well, the first thing—the first thing we need to talk about, Ryan—it's something we mentioned earlier on the podcast that uh-huh. you evaded, evaded. Yes. It—it it seems. Every day on Twitter, we start finding ourselves getting into weirder and weirder arguments because nothing's happening. Yeah. And I don't know how this Marion Gabrick versus Rick Nash stuff happened, but I, I need to know. I, Ryan, you're going last because I'm going to get angriest at you. Okay. Mike, if you, if, you could, if you could only have one as a New York Ranger, which one are you having? In their Rangers prime or career prime? Rangers prime. Rangers prime. Uh, Nash, he's a more complete player. No. Tom? It's so tough because if you look at it statistically, Gabrick was everything that I think that um, we wanted in in a way like Pavel Burry to be. Like we're getting this guy who's really fast, a lethal shot. Um, and then obviously, you know, the wheels started to fall off a little bit. Um, I, I'm going to actually take Gabrick. Like I love Rick Nash, but for, for what the team needed at the time, like Gabrick was just over the moon. Let me guys, let me guys read you something. No, 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 Ryan. Before you go, <laughs> let me. I, I, I have a theory. I have okay. a theory because I know how you're going to answer this. Okay. It's going to make me mad. 
Okay. Marion Gabrick suffers from what I, not suffers, he benefits from what I like to call John Olerud syndrome. In other words, Marion Gabrick was a perfectly tenured New York Ranger. You got just enough of them. You didn't get any problematic Ranger years. Like Derek Broussard, yeah. Right. You you got literally everything you wanted from Marion Gabrick, nothing more, nothing less. And his tenure, when his tenure ended, you said, I'm going to remember that fondly because nothing went wrong here. We didn't give him time for this to end terribly. Like Mike said, exactly. Like Derek Broussard. Uh, same thing happened with John Olerud. He was a Met for three years. He was great all three of those years. And then when he left, everyone was like, huh, that was wonderful. Love that guy. So I, th- I think we remember Marion Gabrick favorably because we didn't give Marion Gabrick time to break down as a New York Ranger. Whereas Rick Nash was a Ranger for so long that not only did we get the good, we also got the bad. And in Nash's case, the bad wasn't even in his control. He just kept getting injured. But so did Gabrick. It just happened away from the Rangers. Gabrick so we don't remember. No, say it, Ryan. Say it. Because you're fucking wrong. Gabrick was the better goal scorer going away to Rick Nash. Rick, Rick Nash, like, he has one year where he scores over 40 goals. One. Gabrick has three. Like Gabrick has two. Sorry, he has two. You're right. He's close on one of the years. He has 38. Um, nope. He, he, nope. Okay. He had 42, 22, and I'm trying to do this all from my phone. It's really not going yeah. well because I can't type. Yeah, not doing well. You're looking at his Minnesota years there, buddy. I was. I guess I was. My point is, with Rick Nash, his first year he scores 20, 21 goals. Okay, he's in, he only plays 44 games. Cool. So he scores 26. He plays 65 games. And mm-hmm. he has the one year where he goes absolutely bonkers crazy nuts in the first half. I think he's – did he score 41 of his 42 goals even like before the All-Star break that year? He didn't – he got injured after that. Didn't score – didn't get hot again. And then he scores 15, 23, and 18. The guy, like, if you're asking who I want, I want a Gabrick. If I want, you know, are we asking big game too? Because I'll definitely take Gabrick. Because Rick Nash choked it up when it came to, when it came to the real big spots. Absolutely. I think what's interesting with Gabrick, and in a way, you look at the the team that the Rangers were. Like he effectively was replacing Yaramir Yager. Like, obviously, there was a year in between. Uh, Yager leaves. They bring in Naslin for a year. Um, then he retires early. And then they make this amazing Scott Gomez trade that frees up the cap space to sign Gabrick. So in terms of, okay, we need a top-line offensive threat as we're trying to um, go in the right direction. And then he hits the ground running and obviously scoring 40-plus goals in your first season. Like, think of all of the players in New York that they just don't work out. They, they you know, fall underneath the spotlights. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I the John Olerud comparison is perfect because... Terrible for me. I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> yeah, it, very Broussard-ish, Mike. Very a great Broussard-ish. baseball name, though. Olerud. Let, let me, let me read you one more, one more stat line here, okay? And then I'll be done. I have things to say after you. Okay, so then, I'll, then I'll be done. It, this is uh, this is two different Rangers. One one year this Ranger score, this is in this is in order. So 37, 46, 43, 53, 37, 52 points. That's all those seasons in a row. That's Chris Kreider, okay? This is Rick Nash. 42, 39, one season at 69, nice. 36, 38, 28. Chris Kreider destroyed Rick Nash even in production. That's right, and he's a better two-way player. Chris Kreider, better than Rick Nash. Hands up. 
Yeah, I think you're missing the fact that Rick Nash existing allowed Chris Kreider to do those things for the New York Rangers. Possibly. That's the, ele- that's the element. And Mike, I'll, I'm going to defer my time to you after this. If you put Marion Gabrick on the 2014 Rangers instead of Rick Nash, it's not as good of a hockey team. I don't care how many points Gabrick would have had or how many points Rick Nash didn't have. Rick Nash was a perfect piece for a perfect Ranger team. Marion Gabrick wasn't, but we loved him because he scored goals. Now, Mike, either bring this home for me or prove me wrong. I don't know what you're going to do. Honestly, I'm terrified. So the thing, like I did some quick math, Nash was a slightly more productive in terms of goals player at even strength than Gabrick. I think we all remember wondering why the hell Rick Nash couldn't score in the power play. Like, I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that he was a better two-way player uh, than Gabrick. And I think, you know, very comfortably, he's a better defensive forward in his prime than than Kreider was. Um, Looking at the big picture in, in terms of what they, like, what they offered, think about the playoffs. Like, there were a lot of games where, you know, Gabrick was either doing it or not doing it, whereas... If Nash isn't scoring, he's still giving you something. Like, he's still making things happen. And he was probably, I mean, it's its a pretty long list, but he might have been the most snake-bitten scoring forward that the Rangers brought on that still proved to have other value. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, I certainly remember fondly, the current assistant general manager when, you know, whatever the hell that $7 million contract a year for for jury was it's like chris jury first line center and then chris jury face-off specialist penalty kill uh you know maestro and with nash you got a guy who could do a little bit of everything yeah it would have been great if you scored a little bit more especially on the power play but i think he was a more well-rounded player he just did you know, he just did more for me. Um, and, you know, in terms of like just measuring points per game, it's Gabrick by a mile. But if you pay attention to strictly what happened in even strength, and I think if you look at the bigger picture in terms of, you know, what Rick Nash was able to do, I don't know. I kind of like Rick Nash. Yeah, I've watched Marion Gabrick score against the Rangers when it mattered. I didn't watch Rick Nash do that. That's where yeah, I'm Yeah, you're at. just a hater, Ryan. I'm, Why I would am. you count that in his favor? Though? I'm sorry. You're right. I just, I've seen him be clutch, and I've never seen Rick Nash do that. So I, I'm, Tom, I'm, is, I'm this really, is this really the human being you want to align with? I'll give you one <laughs> chance to change your mind. I mean, I can see that there, there's obviously good points on both sides. Um, better and points it's, on one side. I agree with Mike. No, because like I understand the value Rick Nash brought, and obviously it it sucks that we did not we did we did not get the the very best that Rick Nash could have been because of concussions and and all of that. Where it was not that it was a lack of talent or a lack of effort; it was just his his body wouldn't allow him to do the things that he wanted to do. Um, but it's it's really tough because you look at what Gabrick was and, and what the, the team sort of progressed into. And then obviously they trade Gabrick, they get Broussard, and then obviously everything that snowballs out of that. Um, so like if I'm looking at it in terms of not just value as a player, value what they brought to the organization and, and all of that, it, it's hard for me not to pick Gabrick. Although yeah, I, I, I would agree with Nash. that. 
I would agree with that aspect, especially because the return for Nash easily gets, you know, dwarfed by the return that the Rangers got for Gabrick because it indirectly led to Zibanejad. Whereas, I mean, what's the best piece from? Well, uh, don't for, don't forget the draft pick the Rangers got with Rick Nash became Pavel Buchnevich. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> so just, you're now you're trying to swing me over, bringing up my boy. Oh and, man! And if we want to, if and if we want to go one step further with Nash, not only did you get Lindgren, but you got the first round pick that you flipped to get Keandre Miller. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I knew so, gonna, I knew you were gonna do that. I was like, shit. I hope I hope Greg doesn't remember any of this. And you'd see oh, it. motherfucker! I remember everything, <laughs> especially when it comes to Rick Nash. Uh, but speaking speaking of current Rangers friends, I I gotta know. And it, it's something we've all thought about. It's something we've all talked about. What is your, what's the most, I don't want to say depressing, disappointing thing about the season being paused with this Ranger team? Tom, what, what's your number one, man, I wish X happened, but the season got interrupted? I mean, I'll pick one, um, just one player specifically, but like the, the broader topic is so many players so close to hitting certain milestones with the most obvious being Panarin, you know, chasing down a hundred points. Um, it's just one of those things that it's like, wow, as he, as he's the season's going on, man, he's going to be a point per game player. Wow. He's going to be way over a point per game there. And, you know, someone hitting a hundred points, like that's just mind boggling, which we have not seen in a very, very long time, at least for the Rangers. Um, I'm sure there's other players on the list um, seeing how high D'Angelo's point totals would go or would Booch hit finally 50 points, seeing where Adam Fox would end the year. But it's just they were in this mode of everyone was sort of chasing something and this sort of sense of camaraderie, like, oh, man, let's let's help so-and-so you know get to this level. And for the season just to go on pause and these things may not come to fruition – you just feel bad for them because they were working so hard and you could see this sort of um, chemistry and sort of friendship and joking around that we haven't seen with the team in, in some time. Michael? So the nightmare that keeps me awake um, in this current hellscape that we all live in is that this might have been the end of Lundquist as a ranger. This kind of like ambiguous, bizarre carousel where, you know, they really wanted to see what they had. And then it was Igor's crease. And then, oh, shit, Igor gets hurt. And then, oh, we'll get to see some more Hank. And then, no, no, we don't. Um, and then that'll be this awful kind of final chapter. Like thinking in terms of the build, uh, like thinking in terms of like if I was trying to pull a story out of this, one thing I would look at in particular is, you know, the trade the Rangers made to move Brady Shea uh, to free up, you know, the cap space and also to, you know, kind of get a body out of that blue line. Uh, although, you know, they have to replace that body. The, what makes me feel like we're getting screwed out of is maybe getting a extended audition for the guys on the left side to really kind of see who might have, you know, other than obviously ruling out Mark Stahl, 
the guys who can kind of step into a role, um, get a better idea of what Ryan Lindgren's all about, because I think he's a guy who's exceeded everyone's expectations. I would have really liked to get to see even more of him. I also would have thought, it, like, big picture, would have been a great idea to experiment with D'Angelo on the left side. And, yeah, we won't get to see any of those things. So, Mike, let me let me devil's advocate that for a second, though. Sure. Because I, un- I understand what you're saying, where we don't get to see – the Rangers possibly get creative on the left side in the final 10, 12 games of the season. Yeah. At the same time, in hindsight, that trade is incredibly fortuitous. You, I do not see how you can move Brady Shea's entire contract in this now, de- what's going to become a depressed hockey economy, especially if the salary cap oh, goes absolutely. down. So the fact, yeah. not only the fact that the Rangers got a first round pick for Brady Shea, more importantly, maybe is the New York Rangers moved a more than $5 million contract without having to retain salary, which just would not be able to happen in whatever the new world is when hockey does come back. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. Like that in the, when the Rangers made the shade trade, I mean, it surprised all of us. Cause you know, I think most of us were expecting a Kreider deal or maybe even a, you know, a Tony D'Angelo deal. And the deal we ended up seeing was uh Brady Shea going to Carolina. And what stood out to me about that, other than the fact that it, you know, was going to knock over some dominoes about what happens with this blue line in the next couple of years is that left side specifically. And like, I can't complain about, you know, the Rangers kind of coming out ahead specifically in that trade, but I do wish we got to see a little bit more out of, you know, Lindgren and, you know, we were starting to get to see Brendan Smith, the winger back on defense. And I don't know, I was curious to see that, even though I think it's, in everyone's best interest for, you know, when Smith's contract is up, it's, it's over. And that's kind of goes without saying, considering all the kids we have coming up, uh, you know, through the pipeline, including Keandre Miller. So I don't know. It's that one stands out to me, but really the one that makes me, you know, cry myself to sleep is this kind of awful cliffhanger of Lundquist and his future. And, you know, it's, it was really rough with, with Zuccarello, uh, you know, for a lot of people is rough with Stepan and Lundqvist is just a, he's just a different beast. He's the face of the franchise for most of us who, you know, guys our age, he, he's the most important Ranger that wasn't a part of the 94 era. You know, it's Lundqvist and probably Yager. I don't think that's even close. Yeah, I mean, he's the best Ranger of all time. I don't, I don't even know if there's. I think we we've talked about this before yeah. extensively. Um, I guess the big the big monster in the room, Ryan. No one cares what you think, so we're we're gonna skip right over Kako, you. Kako. Uh, <laughs> do we think the New York Rangers would have made the playoffs if the season continued? I think they had twelve games left, and they were coming off an overtime loss on the road to the Avalanche. I kind of feel like they were. I just had this like vision in my head of like major league and you know that the, obviously the scene anyone had seen the movie it's like well, like well, what do we do now we just win the whole fucking thing where it's like they've just been counted out so many times um you look at okay yeah they made this move these off season but here's hole a here's hole b here's hole c and all of that and then you obviously have the enthusiasm of someone like Shusterkin jumping in and all the kids playing well it just felt like they're playing with house money. They were going to make the playoffs. And if I'm another team in the league, 
I get a little scared of a team that really is playing with house money, nothing to lose because you win a first round matchup and then it's, it's anyone's game because it's this team that was being underestimated. Now they're starting, you know, to, to feel themselves. And then it's, you never know what happens. Obviously there's so many other better teams in the league that, you know, could probably, you know, wipe the floor with them in, in a hypothetical conference final or Stanley cup final, but just the way that the vibe around the team it sure felt like they were going to make a run of it. It was going to be hard, obviously, without Kreider. Um, but we've seen before, obviously, when Zibanejad was out earlier in the year, you know, they found a way to, you know, step up. And obviously, with the way Panarin was playing, you know, anything's possible. Mike? It's, I, I'm not, a, I'm not much of an optimist when it comes to hockey. Um, like, I look at what the Rangers had left on their schedule. They had six games against teams in the Metro, all of whom were better than them. Um, you know, I think they had three games against Pittsburgh. They had Washington, they had uh, the Blue Jackets, and they had Philly. Of course, they also had Buffalo and Florida in there um, and the Coyotes. But like another one of those games is Tampa, and a lot of those games are on the road. I think it would have been really tough, um, especially like – it's it kind of gets overlooked now, but the Rangers were, you know, punching above their weight in a great way with Kreider's injury while he was out. It's like, oh, hey, maybe still, because when that Kreider injury happened, it was like, ah, shit, it's over. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how much longer that could have endured, really. Although, you know, Igor came back. So who the hell knows? A hot goalie can change everything, especially over, you know, like a 12-game stretch where – you know, the team is rallying and the, and the energy is building and all that good stuff. But I'm, I lean towards them not having pulled it off. Um, although they definitely, even where things left off, they were in a much better position than I thought they would be. I thought beginning of the year, I predicted them to not be a lottery pick team, but to miss the playoffs, um, you know, finish outside of the wild card picture. And, you know, I didn't think they would be this much of, you know, this much a part of the conversation in terms of you know what was happening in the metro it's kind of crazy to think that you know the rangers were able to do what they were able to do and it also makes me frustrated that the metropolitan division continues to be significantly more difficult than the atlantic division every single goddamn year wasn't chris Kreider also like a psychopath already skating again right before the shutdown yes, happened sir. not like I think you not was, like yeah. in- yeah, not in a practice, but physically in an ice skate on the ice doing hockey. You missed the part where he was in the cryogenic chamber 23 hours a day, bro. That was He was out he's, there getting it done. He's a monster. I I have so many questions for Chris Kreider as a human being and as a hockey player. None of them will ever get answered. It's just a bummer. Uh, Ryan, I guess I could ask you too since I'm hosting this podcast. Yeah, now. you're doing a good Though job. No, I don't care what you say. <laughs> That's nice. Um, I do believe that we would have made the playoffs. I think we were riding, we were riding magic. If Chris did come back a game or two early, I think that really increased the chances. I think Mike and uh, Mike and Tom touched on a lot of d- different good points about um, how tough the schedule was, but rather how the team was playing. I think the lot. I'll put it this way: not that this is, this is what happened. If we did win that game in Colorado. Uh, I do believe it was a hundred percent chance we were going to make it. I was all in. The team had something special about it where I just don't, I just think they would have caught up and, and made the wild card at the last second. And uh, I don't know if they would have gone deep in the playoffs. I really don't think that would have been the case. I do think Boston or Tampa would have uh, 
taken taken them to school rather uh but it would have been a really good lesson for the kids and we would have gotten to see a lot of uh a lot of great development over the past i mean the season just ended uh theoretically two days ago against chicago uh in a good time i'm sure it was henrik's Henry's last game we all clapped at msg but it would have been a, a lot of good moments and a lot of good development to move forward and unfortunately we'll never see that i do think we would have made it yeah i I don't. I don't mean for this podcast to basically become Mike and Greg against Ryan and Tom, uh, but I agree with Mike. I think, <laughs> I think they would have gotten. I think they would have gotten really close, but I. There's just too much against them. They would have needed one of the Islanders or Hurricanes to really. They were, what, those teams were already kind of fighting it out in their own tailspin kind of way, but they would need both of them to basically plummet to a level I don't think either would. I Not think to the mention the fact that the Rangers. I really, I really well, do. I, I, I just think the Rangers had too much working against them in that schedule to really well, Greg, climb that do you mountain. Think, do you think the Rangers would have been Oliokin and Chokes in the shootout close, or would it have been a little less close than that? Would it have been? Uh, like it would by... have been. I, we would have. We would have known before the last game of the year if the Rangers were out. I think. Yeah, like that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think they would. Have, I think the season would have been mathematically eliminated with about three to go. In my theoretical the world, Rangers... we beat the Penguins three times. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It, they were playing like shit. They were one of the worst teams in the league for a couple weeks there. We caught them at the right time. It's, yeah, yeah, but no, but that now they have Jason Zucker, and he would have had a couple weeks under his belt with the Penguins and Sidney Crosby. And this is Penguins' time of year. It doesn't matter. They... <sighs> we always play the Penguins well late in the year, though. I mean, it happened last year, too. I mean, before Panarin. We, were, we, we weren't this team. So, I don't know. I just I do feel like we would have made it. I know it was three games against the Penguins. I do think we go 2-1. and one. Or three now. We would have beat Buffalo. I promise you that. That's good. Uh, in in a way, well, oh Ryan, don't don't you dare! I'm still on duty here. Uh, Mike, I'll I will lead off with you on this one. Is there a way that this pause could actually seem beneficial for the long term outlook for the New York Rangers, or is this just bad case scenario the entire way around? Funny, I was thinking today that someone who might, you know feel some relief from this. Uh, at least I hope, hope he does is Capo Caco. I hope that this kind of takes, I think he was already, I was really glad that he didn't, you know, stay on the hot plate long. Like there was some, some grief about, you know, his lack of production, but thankfully Jack Hughes also wasn't scoring points at all um, or putting up points, I should say. And the fact that the season, you know, was postponed essentially indefinitely now and you know it takes a little a little bit of whatever pressure and spotlight there was on him off of him I think it's not a bad thing at all for him to you know step away uh you know with the team and kind of gather his thoughts step you know to kind of catch his breath from you know a very chaotic rookie season um which is you know it's kind of also a bummer because it seemed like he was doing more and more things right as things went along. Um, but that struck me as if you want to look for a silver lining, um, I would point to that, I guess, other than of course the point you made, Greg, where the Brady Shea trade looks better than it did when the Rangers made it. And even then it looks pretty good. Tom, any, any positives you can take away from the pause? The way I look at it is that, for a team as young as the Rangers are, I think that when you're looking at teams that are trying to develop into a contender, um, I think I can confidently say that 
no one on this team or rather no one in this sport will ever go through something like we're going through right now um, where this is such a um, phenomenon that what, what we're all dealing with right now and where the whole world is for the most part is pretty much on pause that it's good learning experience for them of, of how to, um, you know, deal with ups and downs of a season where they will be able to reflect on this and maybe even take things more for granted. Um, so I, I think that just the actual pause itself, not that, Oh, someone's might be able to get healthier. or Oh, someone's going to be getting a, a break from a long season, but just from a, a life element that, Anything that this team does going forward, um, I would say that this is going to be one of the the biggest forms of adversity that they that they face um, because it's just such a disruption of, of everything. I, I I've been thinking about this this like this season. The fact that the Rangers are so young, it almost doesn't matter that this season gets wiped out. The Henrik Lundqvist aspect of it matters, but everything yeah. else is kind of house money. I've been trying to think of teams who greatly benefit and greatly are hindered by this pause. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs should be thanking all the lucky stars in the world that their chaotic season is basically over because the world decided it was over and they don't have to deal with any of the ridiculous storylines that we were already bubbling up and trying to create about why this team is just bad, even though they're not. Whereas if you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, for some reason, I feel like this just hurts them even more. I don't know if it's because of the trades they made at the deadline. Like it was weird that they gave up a first round pick for Barclay Goodrow in the first place. And now you're, you gave up a first round pick for Barclay Goodrow and the playoffs don't even happen. Just seems weird, but it also just seems there's always something that keeps the Tampa Bay Lightning from realizing this great potential that we can all see in them right now right like this is supposed to be the golden age of tampa bay lightning hockey and yet last year they get swept by the columbus blue jackets and this year the league decides to stop playing and for some reason it just feels like this is a little bit more cruel to tampa bay than it is some other teams i guess you could say maybe boston as well because now bergeron's a year older now marshawn is a year older but there's not like a to me, there's not an obvious veteran-led team where, like, this was it. They were gearing up for this run, and this was going to be it for that era of hockey. There doesn't there doesn't seem to be a team, at least in the East, that I can think of that's like that. And all those teams that you could make a case for already have their cups, like Boston, like Washington got it out of the way. Pittsburgh has other cups. Tampa, like you said, is – They've been near the top of the mountain for so long. And last year was such a kick in the nuts. And then, you know, they go out and make the deals they make and, you know, not didn't come out of the gate, you know, particularly strong this year and, you know, still found their way to be, you know, establishing themselves or reestablishing themselves as an elite team. And this is just, you know, you think of all the years with the Rangers and Lundquist. This is potentially just another year where they won't get the cup. And that's pretty brutal for a team that has that much talent. Ryan, you've been oddly quiet. It's not like you. I'm just letting you host. Just sitting here, you know. Just, I just kind of fun. Is it bumming you? Is it bumming you out that I'm doing well? No, it's nice to uh, relax after a you know a long day. Um, 
really, I I don't really see a lot of different positives uh, uh, from this situation. I get to lose out in Rangers hockey. A lot of people get to lose out in something they love. The team itself, we don't get to see Henrik Lundqvist's possible last game. We we lose out on a lot of the youngsters. We the positives the positives aren't aren't really there. Kako is really the one thing that Mike kind of brought up and. That was sort of my point that I had locked and loaded is that he finally gets the rest after these two years, and hopefully he comes back next year if there is a next year or when when next year comes back that will allow him to play to the full potential I believe he has. Other than that, I would like to see some line changes but uh, and see some different combinations, see some, some milestones, but for, for positives, I, I really do think there are a few and far between. None of us believe this North Dakota plan is ever going to happen, right? What, no, that's no. playing this no. guy. No, just, yeah. How how have you guys? I, maybe we should have started with this, and I guess maybe we can end with this. How is self isolation going for you boys? What's going on? What have you picked up? What can you share with us? Is there this skill you didn't realize you had before? All of a sudden, you had no choice but to learn things. Started carving rocks. Oh my I god! Bought a, I bought a Dremel tool. And uh, I've, I've always been like an artsy guy. And, you know, I kind of, sometime around college, I kind of, you know, went away from sketching and all that crap into writing. And uh, I watched some random YouTube video where a guy used a Dremel tool to like carve a rock. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Was that uh, YouTube so video I, Shawshank Redemption? No, but uh, my girlfriend has already made that joke. Hey! All right. My my pie in the sky plan is making my own uh, chess pieces, but right now I'm just trying to make you know like a circle. Um, Got it. You go. You go into isolation. Yeah. You go. You go go into isolation. You become Andy Dufresne. That's remarkable. Tom, what about you, man? What's going on? I really haven't done much of anything because I've still been working um, and busy at that um because like i'm not sure most people know but like my main nine to five is um you know social media for a grocery store chain so uh customers you know yelling uh sending mean messages um all of that fun stuff and all of the different announcements that have to go out and all the different hour changes and all the different it's just been like so hectic where it's, I feel like I'm working more working from home than when I, you know, was just going into the office every day. So, um, you know, trying to find some time, like, okay, I want to like read some books or catch up some stuff, but it's like, it's been hella busy. Yeah. I don't know how you're doing it, man. I can't imagine running social media accounts for grocery stores right now. It's going great. I was, is it correct me or wrong? Is it Hannaford that you No, shop, right? Oh, I was gonna give and I was gonna give save, Hannaford a lot of credit. And always save, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, Ryan, no one cares what you're doing in isolation. We all know <laughs> you're raising money for people and stuff. Raising money it's for great. people coming unemployed. Look at look at you. You're you're wonderful. Just killing it, uh, guys. Guys, why don't you tell us what you what you're cooking on Ranger related, if anything, and tell people where to find you if they don't already. So you can find me at Tom Urch Jr. Um, and working on a couple of things. They should be start going out this week. Basically, it's uh, once upon a time in Rangerstown looking at some players who spent a season or less uh, with the Rangers. The first one will be uh, Marcus Naslin. That's why I brought him up earlier. So that should be uh, fun. Oh. 
Tom, if you don't bring me on for the Benoit Pouliot piece, I swear to God. Nelson did the Rangers a big favor by leaving before his contract was up. Yeah, uh, I just wrote, I, I was up all night one night because I've lost track of the days and the the hour of the day more times than I can count. Uh, what are days? The past. You tell me. I don't know what days are. Um, but yeah, I wrote like a 1,400-word uh, deep dive into Austin Ruish, Ruishkov, Ruishkov. You did um, what? You know, who's, and why? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really know. Um, I watched a lot of video, and I was really curious about him. You know, he's a big six foot seven guy. I was like, do they just want him to be Brian Boyle? And, like, I, you know, watched him play, dug into the numbers. Uh, it's a story up on Blue Shirt Banner. And, yeah, kind of. It looks like they probably want him to be Brian Boyle. Um, but... I might do something similar with, you know, the other college free agents they signed, maybe Justin Richards. I don't know. I think Adam might be doing something. But, uh, yeah, that did a little bit of that and did a little bit of, like, the five greatest uh, Rangers from X country. And I did Sweden, the Czech Republic, and Russia. And now I'm like, yeah, do I want to do Finland? I don't know. <laughs> I can't really, like, there's fit like, you got three Finn's worth writing about, kind of. Like, Issa Tikkanen was a part of 94, but he wasn't really great. I know all the beats love, uh, what's his name? Ristolainen? Ritzalainen? Yeah, he was before our time, but yeah, he's... Yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick brings him up all the time. Yeah, and, you know, Auntie Ranta deserves some love, and, uh, yeah, the list gets, you know... Is it, oh, Billy Neimanen? No, we're not going to do Billy Neimanen. Um, I think I think you should focus on greatest Rangers to come from Alfred, Ontario, and that way both of you guys can write about Benoit Pouliot, and I will be part of both those pieces. Very wonderful. I'm going to take this mic back from Greg. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, you can also follow us because we're ending the show. That's right. We're ending it right now on Twitter. You can follow Greg at Bush's Break. I'm at O'Ryan Mead. You can tweet at us and yell at us there, and we'll be back next week with the show. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on, and check out Bantering the Blue Shirts every single week. They also post a Rangers podcast. We'll be back next week. We love you guys so much. Bye-bye.